0: Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 23 how even your experience of your dysfunctional family can change. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Changeable, a podcast about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. And now, here's your host, Dr. Amy Johnson. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable and happy holidays. So we are here as this episode goes live in the thick of it. Maybe it's just starting for you, but we're in kind of mid-December. Maybe you've seen family already, you're about to see people you don't see, you're traveling, all kinds of stuff is going crazy. And I wanted to share with you while you, you know, might be traveling to see family as you listen to this even a game that I used to talk about all the time. And I really haven't talked about it much recently. It's a game called Dysfunctional Family Bingo. And it's funny because I I kind of just set it aside. And, you know, like I said, I haven't really talked about it much in the last few years. It used to be something I would I would share around the holiday season all the time. And last week we had a, a, one of our little school, of big change calls with our community. And one of our community members um, has been around my work for a long time. So he's heard me talk about this game for, for ages. And he brought it up and there were a lot of people on the call that had never, that were kind of newer to this work and, or newer to me and had never heard me talk about it. And they just loved it. And it's, a, it's a funny thing like that. And people hear about this game, it lights them up and it's, Fun and interesting and kind of hopeful. And it was interesting because, you know, I had set it aside for a while, but being reminded, like just seeing the reactions of people on the call and how excited people get about it and how funny it is and how hopeful it seems, it reminded me why I always shared it. Now, to be honest, the only reason I stopped talking about it is because I thought it got kind of boring. Not that the game was boring, not that it wasn't helpful, but I just, I don't know. I just didn't want to be talking about the exact same thing every, every November and December. So I figured, all right, I'm going to just let this rest for a while, but people won't let me. And when people got really excited on our call, it reminded me of how impactful talking about this game used to be when I used to do it all the time. So I, um, I would just have people still to this day, you know, for years later, say, oh, that Dysfunctional Family Bingo game, I play that every year and it's, you know, it did so much for me and now my holidays feel different. So it's a it's a cool thing and definitely worth um, me getting over myself and, and my repetitiveness and dusting it off and kind of bringing it back on out for this, for this holiday season. So the game is called Dysfunctional Family Bingo and you play it just like you play regular bingo, except that in the squares rather than numbers or letters, or I don't even know what's in a regular bingo game. I guess it depends. In the squares of dysfunctional family bingo, you write um, things that your dysfunctional family is likely to do. So things like, you know, Uncle Todd is going to ask me if I'm still single or Aunt Betty is going to drop the F-bomb or Aunt Fran is going to make a racial joke that's totally inappropriate, or I don't know, whatever, whatever makes you cringe about your family, that's what goes on the board. So it's all the worst stuff. It's all the ways that your family is totally dysfunctional. All the reasons why you don't want to go see them (laughs) this holiday season, you know, all the things that when you get back from seeing them, that you'll be telling your friends at work or your partner or whatever, like, I can't believe she, if there's a, I can't believe she, or I can't believe he said that, or I can't believe they did this or brought that up again. That's what goes on the board. So you create your own bingo board. And I used to do it with my sister on our way to a family member's home who will remain nameless right now. But on the way to this family member's home, we would do it. So you kind of want to play this game with someone who's Normal like you, (laughs) unlike the rest of your dysfunctional family. So you and the normal person are onto it. You know, you know the rest of them are crazy, and you can't believe that you're in this family. But the two of you, or maybe there are more than two, um, the small group of normal ones are going to create the board together. And so when you're at the family gathering, it's so cool because what happens is instead of being there and like you normally would, thinking, "Oh my gosh, these people, and what's going to happen next, and what are they going to say." you start to look forward to it. You know what's on your board and you're kind of waiting for it to happen. And you're waiting with anticipation and excitement. And when someone does ask you, when Uncle Todd does say, oh, so you're still single, huh? Or, you know, Aunt Fran makes that insensitive joke or whatever happens, you're kind of secretly like, awesome, I gotta be. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a funny thing. Now, think about this. And why this is helpful. It's just a game. It's just a tool. I mean, it isn't, this isn't like a life-changing thing necessarily. But in terms of the new paradigm that I share here in Changeable, what's going on is that we're taking our experience, our preferences. Now, yes, even your judgments of the inappropriateness or dysfunctionalness of your family, that's a thought that's your opinion, that's your experience of them in that moment. And like any thought and any experience and any part of our psychology, it comes up, it's really real, and then it changes. And what this game allows you to do is maybe for once (laughs) in a really long time, like take it a little less seriously. It's still happening. You're still noticing it. You're still thinking about it technically, but lightly. And it's kind of funny and it doesn't have the heaviness or the seriousness. And so again, remember thoughts and preferences and opinions and judgments, they all come and go, but they come and go a lot easier when we don't really care about them. You know, when we're laughing about them or when they're, even if they're more neutral to us, that just comes and goes. Like I can go to my husband's family and they do all kinds of crazy dysfunctional things. And that just comes and goes for me because that's, you know, I don't have all the heavy thinking about it. Now, for him, it's totally different and vice versa when it's my family. So, you know, it's not that we're thinking about these things or that they are inherently anything. It's that we hold our own experience, often of our family more than a lot of other people, kind of heavily, you know, kind of seriously. It feels personal. And that's always what makes our experience kind of kind of slow down and slog through. We have to slog through it and it's still moving and changing. We couldn't nail it down if we tried and it's not going to be there forever. But it's a lot harder and less fun, you know? And it it kind of has that feeling of lingering and just sitting there in you. And it's just not as nice when it isn't light and easy. And so being able to literally make a game of this, make a joke of all of these things that in the past have felt so heavy And personal and wrong, it changes everything. Now, are you gonna live and accept them all forever? (laughs) Who knows? Probably not. But think about it in that moment. I mean, think about your experience, the experience you get to have. Now, when your experience is light and free and flowing, and we aren't when we aren't resisting it and judging it and getting in the way of it, that's exactly what it is. And what that makes room for is new experience. It makes room for, I don't know, maybe humor, compassion, acceptance, understanding. It's like there's just less in the way. And what's natural to all of us, every human on earth, even your dysfunctional family, is that we want to feel good. We want to connect. We, you actually love these people, believe it or not, that's why they get to us so much because we do love them. Other reasons, other psychological reasons, I'm sure. But, you know, we, we care about them. They're, we have our identity and our security kind of wrapped up psychologically in these people, but we also love them. And so we hold them to a different standard. And that's our thinking too. So when we can hold all of this more loosely, all of our thoughts and judgments and opinions, and heck, when we can even laugh about it, think about what that does. I mean, it makes room for that heavy experience to move right through and something, anything new and fresh to show up. And that in itself is a miracle because that's the thing that really kind of gets to us is when we've been like, you know, just imagine you go visit your, your family of origin. I'm I'm guessing this is true for a good number of people, you know a handful of times a year, maybe maybe it's even more than than that, but at the holidays, you spend even more time with them, and they all get together and I bet almost every time you have a lot of the same thinking and feelings as you did the time before, right? We walk in that house and we feel our stomach clench, and we're back to feeling like an insecure thirteen year old and All the issues and insecurities and judgments just come back and they're pretty much the same ones as last year. So for that to be there and wash through you and for you to not fight it and resist it and take it so seriously, for you to be able to hold it even just a tiny bit more loosely makes room, makes way for something brand new and fresh. And that really kind of is a miracle when we're caught up in the same habitual judgments and thinking over and over. And by the way, the same habitual judgments and thinking over and over, like that's our experience of our family. It's not them. It's not what they said, what they did, how they approach it, you know, how they are. It's not, it's none of that. It's that every time we see Uncle Todd, we have a whole thought feeling Behavior psychology thing going through us, and we innocently, as humans do, get caught up in that. We take it personally. We take it seriously. We think it's ours. We, our mind, tells all kinds of stories about our dysfunctional family, and it's just you know, it, it just looks so darn real, but it isn't. It's our own habitual thoughts and feelings. So to hold this more lightly and make room for something new to show up is pretty remarkable. And what we all know to be true, especially with family. as as much as they drive us crazy, as dysfunctional as they are, there is this thing about unconditional love that we, we seem to manage better with them than with most people. So what I mean by that is you can have both. You can totally love them. You can totally accept them. You can know that you'd do anything for them. And they can drive you nuttier than anyone else has ever been able to drive you. Both are true. It's not one or the other. And again, I think that's a really cool place to be when we're when, when our thoughts and feelings and judgments and opinions are, are a little looser. There's a little more fuzziness around them and they're kind of flowing through. We get to feel the both. We get to walk away and shake our head and say, oh my gosh, I can't even believe it, but they're my family. You know, you feel into something that's so much bigger than just a painful thought or a painful feeling that looks and feels really true. So I think what dysfunctional family bingo really shows us is that if it's possible to laugh at something that you used to cry about, you know, if it's if it's possible because it's on your bingo card and you're playing a game, if it's possible to actually look forward to something that you used to dread, what does that tell you about your own thoughts and feelings and opinions? You know, even when it comes to our family, our dysfunctional family, and how sure we are that they're crazy. If you can laugh about something you used to cry about, (laughs) there's a whole lot of subjectivity in there. There's a whole lot of us feeling the way that our mind projects things to us and getting caught up and identified with that. And that means it's a whole lot of not true. You know, there's a lot of room to just hold what creates suffering very loosely and see it change before your eyes. So if you play it, yes, let me know how it goes. And I hope you have really happy holidays. Thank you for listening to Changeable. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know. Subscribe and leave a review so others who need change can find their way here. And if you want to hear more about how change really happens, head over to dramyjohnson.com slash free change guide.